The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, PMS Builders, and the Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. All right, happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show. Very special guest live in the studio today is Kirk Kraft. He's the track and field coach at East Carolina, and he joins us today. He's in his 17th year at East Carolina after spending 14 years at the University of Nevada. So he is a pirate through and through, and we're going to talk about a sport that maybe doesn't get all the, the publications and all the, the just everything about the sport, track and field. You kind of get lost in the shuffle, don't you, Coach? I mean, it's not really fair, but those those kids work just as hard as everybody else, don't they? Yep, absolutely. A lot of times people refer to us as a three-ring um, circus. There's a lot going on <laughs> yeah. there with a track meet. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, we've had uh, COVID issues with the track and field program, with the scheduling and that kind of thing. So we're going to dive into all of that coming up. Kirk Kraft, track and field coach at East Carolina, live in the studio. We're back with more after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Hi, welcome back on this Monday. Kicking off your sports week with Kirk Kraft. He's the East Carolina track and field coach. And we're going to talk pirate track and field for the rest of the hour today. Uh, when you look at, at, at track and field, coach, you know, how, how do you guys recruit? How is it different than, like, football and basketball and that kind of thing? Well, uh, you know, when it comes from an effort standpoint and from uh, putting in the hours and the time and everything, it's no different. You know, we're putting in just as many hours as uh, the football staff and just as many hours as the basketball staff. And so the recruiting part of it is um, on the road, obviously. You're in and out of schools. You're doing um, in-home visits. You're bringing kids in for official visits, uh, going to state track meets. You're going to club meets. So you're doing a lot of you know, identifying research, um, that's just the beginning of it. And then once you do that, then you have to actually go out and do the hard work of everything I just mentioned. But yeah. state meets is a big thing in the spring. Um, also going out and watching them practice, you know, doing, uh, doing visits off campus. So all of that together, um, hopefully culminates into identifying the right talent. And how many scholarships do you have? Yep. On, you, on the men's side, you have 12.6. On the women's side, you have 18. Okay. That's the NCA limit. So, right. uh, and we're six sports. I don't know right. if people realize that, but we're, you know, cross country women, indoor women, outdoor women, and the same with the men. Um, so we're six of the 18 sports. 18 sports in East Carolina, six of them right there under the umbrella of track and field and, uh, you know, three for the women, three for the men. Uh, it, it's gotta be, you know, difficult through the COVID times because as you were telling me before we went on the air, you hadn't even had a chance to have an indoor meet in so long. For as crazy as that sounds, Brian, um, you know, when we were doing the release last week, with Charles Welch, our uh, media relations guy that covers track and field and also softball and basketball now does a great job. But I was uh, telling him before he released um, our release to go to USC, it has been 
just shy of 24 months, call it two years since the last time our entire indoor track and field team competed as a unit. The last time we competed was February uh, 23rd or 24th when we got off the bus from the American Athletic Conference um, Championships. So we didn't have an indoor season for 21. So when you go from 2020 to 2022, it's almost two years that this unit um, has competed um, as, a, as a complete unit. We did send a few individuals to a couple meets last um, indoor, but it was just a little handful of kids. So to get to, you know, to get to do what we did last week, we were thankful, we were appreciative to go to uh, USC and Columbia, and uh, the kids were excited. There was a lot of camaraderie. Um, it was kind of like, uh, you know, Christmas all over again. Yeah, we haven't talked uh, and specifically about the COVID situation. I've talked to Coach Godwin and Coach Houston and Coach Dooley and, and you know, got their ideas on it. But when you guys, you know, as you said, got off the bus from the American, you know, what were you thinking about when it was all hitting in, two, in 2020? You know, great point, Brian. It's funny you bring that up. I'll never forget, you know, through that whole thing exactly where you were. Um, there's, you know, significant times in your life where things have happened in this country, and we know exactly where we were at that certain point. But in this case, um, it was myself, Coach Price, and Ryan Davis. We were at the indoor um, indoor national championships. Ryan Davis was a great thrower for us, as you guys know. And we're at Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we're over there at practice on Thursday morning. And right then and there is when the NCA. Um, well, let me back up a second. On Wednesday night in the hotel, watching those NBA games, right. um, you know, uh, I think it was Rudy, right? Rudy yep. Gobert. Rudy Gobert. We saw that go down, and you saw the Cuban thing that with was the Dallas Maverick. Yeah. So I saw that, and then all of a sudden you saw stuff coming across the ticker yeah. on Wednesday night about this, that, and the other things getting shut down, uh, basketball conferences across America, NCAA. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden we wake up, I think, on Thursday, and we see the American Athletic Conference right. had canceled theirs. I think it was in Fort Worth that year. So here we go. We're in the arena on Thursday morning, and they said we're canceling the indoor national championships. Uh, Coach Price, myself, and Ryan get on a flight on Friday morning, and um, you know the rest is history. So, uh, you know, just crazy, absolutely yeah. absurd. Yeah, and, and it's funny the timeline as you mentioned because that Thursday I was in Greensboro for the ACC tournament. The American had just canceled. The Big Twelve had canceled. The ACC that morning had said we're going to play. You know, we're, we're going to play these games. We'll go from there. And then an hour and a half later, they decided to cancel. So yep. yeah, I, I think was... the women got theirs in in our in our conference. But uh, uh, that when we canceled the men's conference tournament that Thursday morning, yeah. Um, and then we end up, you know, we fly back on on Friday, and then at that point. That's when they um, canceled the entire 2020 outdoor track right. field season, canceled the NCAA championships, uh, baseball had got shut yeah. down. So the whole works. Yeah, and it was it was bizarre and uh, a time that we we never have to go back to. So so talk about recruiting a little bit in that era. I mean, has that been mostly zooms and that kind of thing? Exactly. Back yeah. you know our compliance office has been you know obviously working you know really hard through that whole thing and still. Uh, to this day, but that's when the whole technology thing came in, the Zoom calls. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Did whole. Did you even know what Zoom was before this? Are you kidding me? You know, I barely know what Twitter is, let alone <laughs> Zoom. So back then, we we're going, well, you're going to have to do these Zoom meetings. Yeah. And of course, it's always been around. Nobody was using it. Right. So we were doing Zoom athletic department meetings. We were doing, uh, Zoom recruiting with, uh, with parents. We were doing virtual tours that were on. Um, you know, on our websites and 3D this. And so that's how we were still talking um, to some kids, because at that point, the NCAA 
whether you were Alabama football or whether you were ECU football, everything got shut down. You yeah. couldn't bring kids on campus for visits. You couldn't go out. So you had to take and um, kind of make adjustments on the fly to make things happen, and that was the, the technology of Zoom. And what are you doing now as far as testing goes? Do you guys have to test? Boy, I tell you what, you talk about a puzzle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It I changes. Know you've only got an hour here. We yeah. can talk about that for the next week. Right. But, you know, um, our trainers work very hard, and our medical staff, and Mike Hanley does a great job of of, of monitoring this on a day-to-day, week-to-week, um, you know, situation. But... You know, Brian, it's confusing. You know, you, you, you've got the unvaccinated, you've got the vaccinated. Then you've got the vaccinated with the booster, okay? And then you've got, you got three piles. And, and then, and then you've got, you know, then you've got the close contacts. Right. You know, if, if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got the vaccine, but you're not boosted and you're a close contact with somebody, then I have to quarantine for a certain number of yeah. days. So it's, have you ever seen a New York City roadmap in Manhattan? Yeah. Well, it kind of looks similar to that because there's just a lot of moving parts to that yeah. thing. And what's uh, really confusing about it is, you know, the kids get confused. Yeah. And uh, so we have uh, pie charts and we have forms and documents to try to keep up with that. But that stuff changes on a day-to-day basis. You've got a big crowd as far as a roster goes. Now, take us through when you guys get to a meet. You know, who's in charge of what and how do you – I mean, I knew you have a great staff, and, and they're working with different elements, and you're kind of walking around. But, you know, is that kind of overwhelming at times? Um, that would be the understatement, yeah. Brian. Overwhelming is an understatement. Yeah, but, you know, um, with, with – you know, we've got a, a huge roster. We've got close to 50 women. We've got about 30 men. You know, we've got 70 to 75 athletes on the team between men and women. Um, so when you're planning for a trip, there's a lot of moving parts to what we do, you know. And then some of those moving parts is, you know, the hotel, the bus, the rental vans, uh, meals in the hotel, meals at the track meet, uh, team meetings, uh, checking kids into the hotel, uh, bus departure times. I and mean, I can go on and on and on. So who's in charge of that? It's me and my staff. And obviously we have uh, meetings to... You know, try to get that 100% correct, but you know it's never 100% correct. But we meet on Mondays as a staff, which I just got out of at 9.30 uh, with the trainer and my coaching staff. And we try to take and work all those logistics out. But that's one of the tricky parts about our sport, opposed to a, uh, a true team sport. When soccer plays, you know what time it stops and yeah. what, times, you know, what time it starts. You know, with a men's basketball team, the, you know, game, there's a starting time and an ending time. Well, with the track and fields and the golfs and the swimmings of the world, you know, you start at 8 and you're done at 6 p.m. So, right. you know, it's an all-day affair. All-day you know, deal. All you got to do is ask Kevin Williams. You know, you go out there and <laughs> you golf all day. So you do That's track. That's not a bad all, thing, though. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you do track all day long. But um, you got to love it. you got to be passionate about it. And you have to understand it. Like I said before, it's like a three-ring, um, you know, circus, but it's organized. I know. I don't know a lot about it. And that's why we had uh, Kirk Kraft come on today. And I know if, if you're listening, if you have a question or comment, we'd love to have it. We've got our Facebook live feed up. So if you have anything your way, if you want to ask about anything at all, recruiting or, or different players, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the, the, the stars on this team coming up later on in our show. But, uh, you know, when you look at, at your whole career, I mean, 24 women's outdoor records, 22 women's indoor records, 15 men's outdoor and 15 men's indoor. I mean, you got, you got some, some, you know, big numbers that you've had a chance to, to work with. Well, thanks, Brian. You know, this is my um, 17th year uh, that I've been uh, the director of track and field here at East Carolina University. So I've been blessed uh, to be here this long. And, um, you know, I've coached all my life. This is my, 
I guess uh, you know the the best way to remember how long I've been coaching is uh, by how long I've been married. Yeah. So it'll be 38 years in June to my wife. So I've been coaching 38 years, uh, almost. Four. She deserves a medal, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how we stay married is by me leaving every weekend for nine months out of the year. But so this is uh, this will be completed my uh, 38th year of coaching um, after this year. And uh, between here and Nevada, Reno, and Nebraska, and being a high school coach in the great state of North Dakota, you know, there's there there's my career. So, uh, but yeah, we've got big teams, a lot of the moving parts. When you guys go out to practice now, now do you have an area that you know we think about the offensive coordinator as the quarterback coach sometimes, or the running back coach? But what is your expertise? Absolutely, I've got a wonderful staff, Brian. Thanks for bringing that up. But uh, Coach Price is is uh, our throws coach. He's been here 19 years, and you know what does the throws consist of? You got the javelin, the hammer, the discus, the shot, uh, the weight. Um, you know he gets to uh, work with all the the artillery, if you will, all the fun events. Um, and then Coach Weaver is my cross-country distance coach and does a fantastic job uh, with that. This is his sixth year. Um, coach Cheek um, is a graduate of ECU, went to school here, uh, competed for the legendary coach Bill Carson. Right. But Udon Cheek is, uh, works with our sprints and our hurdles and our relay group. And um, then I've got two new coaches this year. I've got a new coach by the name of Coach uh, Latham, Rashini Latham, uh, competed at Virginia. I'm sorry, competed at Texas Tech uh, back in the day. Was an All-American triple jumper, Big 12 champion. Um, I hired her from Lubbock Christian, so she's new. And then I've got a young man, and she does the triple jump, long jump. And then I've got a young man by the name of Will Kendall that was a Virginia Tech athlete, and I just hired him this year, and he's in charge of the multis, the pole vault. Um, and also the high jump. So your question is, Brian, what do I do? Nothing. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, <coughs> it, it's a lot like um, I, I compare it to kind of like Coach Houston. He's the you know head football yeah. coach, but he oversees everything right. and has his hands involved in everything. I'm kind of like that. With five assistants and a couple volunteers, I direct um, a lot of things. But to answer your original question, I also work with Coach Cheek in the sprints and the hurdles area um, and assist him. And that's what I was. I was a high school hurdler, college hurdler uh, back in the day. So um, see a big staff and have to make sure there's a lot of follow-up, follow-through reminders. Do you guys, when you have practice, do you just does, does everybody practice at different times? Or do you have, like, you know, track practice yep. at 3.30, everybody be there? You know, again, Brian, great question. Yeah. You go back to, you know, basketball practices from, you know, 2 to 5. Yep. Volleyball practices from 2 to 5. Right. Uh, well, track practices from 8 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. So it's an all-day deal where Coach Price will meet the throwers all day long. They come and go, whether it's the shot putters, the hammer thrower. You know, it's kind of an all-day thing because you give them individual attention. And that's kind of the way it is with the whole staff, with the, exa- with the exception of the cross-country team. They kind of train as a group because they're all distance runners and it encompasses the, the distance group. But if you're going to do a good job of coaching in our sport, you have to give the kid individual attention on the long jump runway, on the pole vault runway, in the shot circle, in the discus ring. So a lot of what we do is skill, very, very skill-oriented, especially in those throwing events. It's a skill. You know, we, we don't think much about pole vaulting and stuff like that. How do you how do you go out and recruit a pole vaulter? Where do you find them? You know, up north. Well, you know, a lot of the pole vaulters, the good ones, um, are going to come. Yeah, they do come from up north, but yeah. they're also in indoor facilities, okay. and they're competing with club teams. A lot of the good pole vault boys and girls 
are a part of club teams, just like you would have the swim club team, right? And just like you would have volleyball has club the volleyball teams. has club teams. Baseball, so, softball have travel teams. You got yeah. it. So a lot of that that event there is a very special, specific um, outlier where the coaching has to be there, the facility has to be there, um, the money has to be there. A lot of times these parents are sending um, their their boys and girls, their children, to um, specialized vault um, camps and to, because, it, you know, it takes a special person to coach that event. So when we're recruiting pole vaulters, you're in touch with club coaches. Um, you're also include, you know, you're with, you're talking to high school coaches, but it's mostly the club coaches that that control that event. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things too that some of the things that you guys work with. You know, as as a sports fan, we really don't see much of it during the year. We used to see a lot of it in the wide world of sports back in the day, and they would have events. And now you don't see much of that until the Olympics come on. Then you see the Olympic trials, and then you see the Olympics, and, and everybody kind of you know jumps on board. Brian, great question. You know, again, that that's a great point. Our sport is you know it's kind of forgotten about every four years, and then like you just mentioned, all of a sudden Olympic year hits, and and then all of a sudden people remember, oh, we got track and field. Right. You are so correct. It used to be bigger way back in the day. You know, you had these great duels between UC, uh, USC and, you know, UCLA. Yeah. And you had, you know, these great dual meets with these schools. Well, the dual meet thing is, is, is a thing of the past. It's gone away. Um, but, you know, to your point, it's, um, it's forgotten about, you know, in, until the Olympic Games come around. And people have to realize that, you know, this was the original sport. This was one of the, the, the first yeah. of the first, you know, right. back way, way back in the Ancient beginning. Ancient Greece. Ancient Greece. Yeah. So, you know, is it an exciting sport to watch? Absolutely. You know, you've got 21 outdoor events. You've got 17 indoor events. Um, you know, that's what I say when you come to a track meet. There's a lot of action going on. There's never any downtime or dead time. If you want to watch the shot put, you can watch the shot. If you're going to watch the hurdles, a gun will go off, you watch the hurdles. If you wander out over here to the triple jump, um, that's going on. So something is going on, um, you know, all the time. Um, there's never a dull moment. Lots going on. When you guys host a meet, and you host one every year, the Bill Carson Invitational, yep. do you, are you guys responsible for running the meet, or do you bring in umpires, referees, or is it a combination? Of- yep. There's another great, um, there's another great point, Brian. You know, in a basketball game, you got three officials, yep. whether it's a men's game or a women's game. You know, football, I don't know, seven or eight of them, but you know, in soccer, I think it's three or four. In track and field, to run a meet off, you need a minimum of of, of good help of twenty to twenty five people because you got to have somebody run the jumps, you got to have somebody run the throws, you got to have somebody with a gun that's going to shoot. You know, for the starters, you you got to have somebody run the pole vault, you got to have somebody running these events. Um, so when those multiple things are all going on at one time, um, it takes manpower. You got people setting up the hurdles, you got people taking the hurdles down. So, you know, it instead of using three like men's basketball does, we're using twenty five. Right. So So are all those people paid or is it volunteers or we, we use an officials organization out of Raleigh. Okay. And uh there's a guy up there in Raleigh by the name of Roger Burbage and Carlton Allen. Those two people um are the people that help me set that group up okay. and then they show up here. Uh, for the two days that we're here. And, uh, yes, we do provide their hotel, and we provide a meal for them here, whether it be Firehouse Subs or Panera. Uh, and then we also give them a um, 
um, a stipend to to work right. to meet for those two days. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, that's that's got to be. And for them, I guess they can kind of find a, um, a weekend to go somewhere else. Any other schools in the state? A- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so if they're here at the Bill Carson on April one and two of two thousand twenty two, if they're here for that weekend. The next weekend they might be at a college meet in Virginia. And the next weekend they might be at another college meet in, you know, in Greensboro. So um, that's how they kind of travel. Kirk Kraft, our guest live in the studio. He's back from the Carolina Challenge at the University of South Carolina. They had a big weekend this past weekend. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is the Brian Bailey Show on this Monday on Pirate Radio. And we're back with more after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show. Kirk Kraft, the uh, director of track and field at East Carolina, the head coach for the track and field program. Kirk Kraft joining us live in the studio as we kick off your sports weekend. Man, there's football games this weekend or something else. I mean, that, that's not your sport, I guess, but no. I think we all had a chance to, to watch them. And you watch one, and you thought, well, that was really good. Let's watch the next one. And they all four were phenomenal. So we were watching Cincinnati and Tennessee on the bus, and that game was at Cincinnati yeah. and um, on the on the charter bus. At on, Tennessee, um, at Tennessee, yeah. and on the way back um, from from Columbia, and uh, TV went out, of course, on the bus. I don't know what the heck happened. Satellite, this, that, and the other. But uh, I'm following it on my phone, and I see where Cincinnati was a kick to field goal, right? Yeah. To win that game. Yeah. Well, then I get off the bus around 10 o'clock. By the time I got home, it was um, I don't know 10:30, maybe quarter to 11. I believe the game was still on. So um, watch the Packer 49er game, and I see the the block. Uh, punt the block punt and then I you saw all you needed to see the yeah. block punt the field goal and then I see the field goal at the end for uh, the 49ers to <laughs> win that game and then yesterday um wow unbelievable oh man you know if you go backwards I watched the the Kansas City um you know Buffalo game and I'm thinking in my mind 13 seconds 25 yard line there's I don't want to say no way but he I didn't want to say no way either, but I was thinking no way. I mean, I was like, how's he going to pull this off? Well, can- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. And before that, I think Kansas City scores, and then Buffalo comes back to score. Right. I mean, it was, it was so much going on, I can't even – got to go back and watch, watch it again. Watch it again. Yeah. So, and then uh, 13 seconds to go, and then they, that's what put it into overtime. Right. And then they win the coin flip, and the rest is history. Yeah. But um, they got to change the overtime rules, but I mean – I'm not, you know, it's just, you just hate to see a game in like that when the other team doesn't, at least, that's the only sport I think that, that it can happen like that. It's but, all about the coin flip. You know, if you're not going to go with, with true sudden death, which I always thought sudden death was, was really good, but then I, I can see how people want both teams to get a chance. And if they had kicked a field goal, then they would have gotten a chance to, you know, come back and, and tie it with a field goal or score a touchdown. But if, I don't understand why if you kick a field goal, you give the other team a chance, but if you score a touchdown, they don't. That just doesn't make any sense to sense. me. I mean, you score, you score. So, yeah. and then, and then, what I was, um, you know, uh, impressed with was when he threw the touch. I'm thinking you're going to kick the field goal, and he throws a touchdown. Right. I mean, it, it was so it was dizzying. And, and I'm and I'm thinking. I said to my wife, I don't think he dares putting that ball in the air. Right. You know what I mean? Interception, yeah. run back, whatever. Oh, yeah. And he threw it. Could happen. The, yeah. And he got it. Yeah. So because at that point they could have kicked the field goal. Right. But but if they kick a field oh, goal, that's right. yeah, the other team gets the shot. Team. Yeah, it was some. Are right, you guys got back from Shoot. the Carolina Challenge? Talk about the uh, some of, some of the great performances you had this past weekend. Well, it was the first meet, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Brian, that we had gone to as an entire unit for almost two years. So we didn't know what to expect. I mean, 
Um, and that isn't to say we don't have expectations, because we do. We always have expect, uh, expectations of, of these young ladies and these young men. But going into this thing, you really, truly didn't know what the expectations were going to be, other than just based off of what we've seen in practice. So going into this thing, um, I was looking for, I just wanted them to compete with passion. I wanted them to be excited. I wanted them to, uh, you know, go in and just compete. That was the big, that was the big thing. And then whatever happened, happened. Well, um, on Friday, the running events, you know, there was a lot of great things happen. Um, Melissa Muzan is a, um, a sprinter from right here in North Carolina. She's from, uh, Heritage High School, Youngsville, North Carolina. Okay. You know where that's at? Um, the old place of Jaden Gardner, by the way. I was going to say, I, I hear someone yep. going, and then Heritage as soon as you said that, I was thinking Heritage High School, that's Jaden Gardner. So, Melissa, um, a, a little bit about her. Uh, she is one of the best uh, sprinters in the country. And back in 2020, um, you know, before they shut that season down, or right at the end when they shut that season down, she had the fourth fastest time um, as a college freshman. She ended up running 730. Um, um, seven, yeah, seven point three zero. So she ended up getting three races in, uh, got sixth in the uh, sixty meter dash. Royal Burris on the men's side ended up getting fourth in the sixty meter dash. Um, <clears throat> we've got a lady on our team by the name of Brooke Stith. Right. And for the listeners that are listening out there, maybe I don't know if they know that name or not, but um, as an ACC basketball fan, you know that name, Brian, Brian Stith. Stith's daughter. Brian Stith was a star at the University of Virginia. He's now at Old Dominion. Brandon Stith, Brian's son, one of the, one of the sons, played at East Carolina for uh, Coach Lebo for a year or two. I can't remember. He transferred out. Uh, but it's a great athletic family, and I'm glad to see that we've still got a stiff here. When, um, yep, when, uh, well, and there's even more of a story that's connected to that, okay. talking about the stiffs, is uh, Coach Terry Holland, as we right. all know, um, was here as the athletic director um, at the time, and had coached Brian Stiff right. at UVA, um, and I think Coach Ricky Stokes mm-hmm. at, UA, at UVA. So uh, when we were recruiting um, Brandon, to come to ECU, Jeff Lebo was the head coach at the time. I'll never forget this. We bring the Stiff family in, and um, they're recruiting Brandon. I believe it's Brandon. And um, here's these two daughters, Brooke and Bria, and they were like in the seventh grade. And Coach Holland said, hey, Coach Kraft, would you show this family around because they're really into the track side of this thing, too. The daughters right. are. So long story short, we show him around, show him the track, and, and, and that was the first time I'd met Bryant and his wife and the daughter. Never did I think in my wildest dreams that the sisters would end up coming here. Yeah. And and Brooke Stith is uh, um, a fifth-year senior. Her sister is a sixth-year person that's still on our team because of COVID. But Brooke Stith, what a wonderful athlete. Uh, she's a hurdler. She's a triple jumper. She's a long jumper. Uh, she's been a conference champ in the triple jump. She runs the 4 by 4 She's just an all-around athlete and a absolutely super student. Um, she's been here now, um, I guess, nine semesters. Uh, she's completed nine semesters, been on the chancellor's list, eight of the nine. Um, and then this spring will be her. Uh, she's going to make the chancellor's list nine out of ten semesters. So wow. great student, wants to be a doctor. Um, so a very blessed family. She had a great weekend in the triple jump and in the long jump and in the hurdles. Um in some of the field events, we've got uh, a young lady by the name of Lania Carpenter. Um, she's up there in the Richmond area. Um, she was um, fourth in the in the long jump. She also placed in the triple jump. And, you know, we can't go uh, a segment or an interview without talking about summer night. Um, yeah. Summer night, uh, Brian, 
This is what a great name, by the way. Before you even say it, yeah. what a great name, yeah. Summer Night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't you have know. a smile on their face when you think about the term Summer Night? Well, Summer, and it's you know, make no mistake about it, it's S O M M E R, not to be mistaken right. with the season Summer. Yeah, but if you think about it, and then of a course, night. yeah, and then of course, <laughs> I never thought about that. One. I got to tell her that one. Yeah. What a beautiful summer night. Exactly. So, um, so she, and it's night with a, it's with night. a K yeah. instead of. It's like the piece on the chess table. There you night. go. Yeah. So summer night. I don't know um, if the listeners out there know a little bit about her history, but she was third in the country last year at the outdoor national championships in Eugene, Oregon. And at the time, that's when Coach Bree Berkowitz was still here. Right. And I'll give her a shout out. She used to coach um, Summer. We recruited Summer. Uh, coach Bree and I did. But man, the, it just goes on and on with her. But she was third in the country outdoors last year at Eugene. Um, she was the conference champ last year, American Athletic Conference champ. Uh, she was also the 2021 outstanding performer at the meet for all the field events. So it goes on and on with her. So this weekend, she wins the the pole vault um, again and equals her indoor PR of uh, 13, 7 and a quarter. So I think we're just starting out. Uh, you know, she's picking up right where she left off last year. So Summer has got a lot of gas left in the tank. You know, what are the expectations for her without putting pressure on her? Um, the sky's the limit. Um, I mean, she's hopefully going to go back to the indoor national championships. Hopefully, you know, she was a first team All American last year. She was, you know, third. So it just goes on and on with her. Is it, is it, the same, easier, or harder outdoor, indoor on the pole vault? Wow, you are hitting these on the head this morning, Brian. Huh. No, it, it, I did it, my research. Yeah, not. well, you know, <laughs> here's the deal. Indoor track, you have perfect conditions. Correct. That's, that's, yeah. There's no wind in your face. There's no wind to your back. There's so no wind to your side. So it benefits you sometimes. You know, the, they're perfect weather conditions indoor. Right. It's climate controlled. So is it harder or is it tougher? Wow. You know, outdoors, you have all these the elements, all these variables that you're playing in, that you're competing in. So, you know, one could argue that, yeah, it's it's easier indoors because you don't have to contest with all this stuff. So outdoors, you have to be mental, mentally ready, physically ready. With that event that you're talking about, I'm going to use the analogy of golf. For those of you that know how to, you know how to golf, Brian? Uh, that's debatable. I've seen you hit it. <laughs> yeah, so here's the deal with golf. Don't ask Kevin Williams, but yeah. that's debatable. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Kevin knows it all. Yes. Welcome back, Kevin. So here's yes. the deal. With pole vaulting, you have different size poles, different length, different pound, different... You grip I didn't them know that. So with clubs, you know, you've got a three iron, a four iron, right. a nine iron. You've got a wedge. You've got a... So how well, far you want to hit the ball absolutely. and how high you want to hit it and that kind of So with pole vaulting, you have to get on a certain pole at a certain time, depending on what the height of the bar is, depending on if the wind is to your face, depending on the wind so is you to your choose, back. So you choose which, you got which it. pole. Yep, depending I, on the conditions. I no idea. That's the, I thought for so, sure everybody had their favorite pole. Well, you do. They used it. But... As the bar goes up and things change a little bit, wow. you need a stiffer pull. You might not need a pull that's quite as stiff. Right. So, you know, we're talking about summer right now, and you ask the question, is it easier to compete indoor or outdoor? And um, I would say outdoor just because of the conditions. Yeah, that's, that's I, yep. And that's one of the reasons when we talked about having you on. It's like, you know, we all know yep. enough to make us dangerous probably, but yep. but so many things, you know, like and the pole vault with the, with different poles and yep. with the – you know, and and in track and field, in a in a running event, I mean, basically in a meet, you're trying to beat the guy beside you, 
but you're also trying to beat that time, mm-hmm. and, and and it all kind of comes together. In some of the field events, there's more of a there's there's a, there's stra- strategy involved, right? Yeah, just like you with you with your golfing, Brian. Kevin yeah. Williams has told me yeah. that, that that your three iron is is not very. No, good. No, you leave that in the bag. Yeah, you, I don't know three, who told you that, but you leave that one in the bag. I think yeah. your three iron, you yeah. leave it in the bag, yeah, and then the putter. The Kevin was telling me, why do you even have it in well, the bag? So well, the putter, I can putt okay at times, but that three iron, you're right about. That that's oh. that's tough. So uh, summer had a, had a nice uh, a nice outing at the Carolina Challenge. Yeah, summer had a nice outing, and um, and then you know some of the running events on Saturday. Uh, the distance crew had a had a number of different PRs um, across the board um, in the field events. We have a high jumper from uh, the state of Ohio, uh, Molly Stecker from Hudson, Ohio. I think it's outside Cleveland somewhere. Um, she ended up uh, PRing in the high jump, and then I mentioned Brooke um, obviously in the triple jump. You know, and then you've got the 4 by 4 relays. You know, you talked about the Olympic Games. You talked about track and field. One could argue that probably the most exciting event in track and field is the 4 by probably one so. Carl Lewis and Leroy Burrell. And, you know, you talk about the Jamaican sprinter. Bob Hayes. You know, back Bob in the Hayes. Day. Bullet Bob Hayes. So when you talk about track and field... People like to watch the four by one, right? Because it's fast, it's explosive, it's energetic. Um, it's probably the closest thing you get to having a team event within track right. and field because it's truly a team. And there's t- teamwork involved. Teamwork yeah. involved. You have timing of the outgoing right. runner. You have timing of the incoming runner. You have timing of when to put that baton in the outgoing runner's hands. Right. So you have to know when to take off uh, from that mark, but. The four by fours are always an exciting way um, to end the Olympic Games. Right. And the four by fours are usually the last event um, of the Olympic Games. So uh, the four by fours did a great job um, down there as well. We had a time of um, three forty seven eighty two. I think it's third in the conference right now, and that was Malicia, um, Leah, Naya Carpenter, and Shelby Chapman. So. You know, overall, Brian, if I was to grade this past weekend, you know, it would probably give us maybe a B plus or a C, you know, a C minus in, in, in terms of grade. And the reason I say that is we've got a long ways to go. Um, you know, we've, we've got to do a lot of improving. This indoor season goes really quick. It's four indoor meets and then we go on to Birmingham. That's where the indoor championship is held. It's held at a neutral site. Um, at the old, uh, it's on the fairgrounds in, okay. in Birmingham, Alabama. Is that right through where Legion Stadium is? Is that it, very close? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, okay. It's it's on the way um, along that. I forget what that freeway is there, but anyways, the Crossplex um, is on the old fairgrounds there in Birmingham. So we go there. And speaking of our league, it's a very good league. You hear coaches um, on our campus say how good this league is. Right. Well, it is. I mean, that's no lie. I mean, all you have to do is look at men's basketball. Arguably, probably one of the, you know, one of the best sports in our league. Not yeah. to take anything away from football, but you know, men's basketball in Cincinnati, in Memphis, in mm. Houston, um, in UCF. It goes on and on. You know, ask Coach Dooley. Yeah. It's a very competitive league, and it goes that way throughout each and every one of our sports. Whether it's golf, whether it's softball, whether it's baseball. So in our sport, Houston dominates the men's side. They've dominated the men's side. Wichita State's got a good men's group. On the women's side, um, Houston has been very good there. On the women's side, UCF is pretty good. Our women, we feel like we can always kind of get up in there and uh, kind of mess things up, if you will. And um, I feel like we're a very, very competitive uh, women's team. On the men's side, you know, it's kind of like two different, uh, two different animals. You've got less men, more women. Um, bigger roster on the women's side, smaller roster on the men's side for all kinds of reasons that we don't want to get into. But um, our, our league is really, really good. It's hard to score in this league. 
Kirk Kraft, track and field coach in East Carolina, our guest. We'll take another commercial break. Back with more on our show for you coming up after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back as we continue on talking track and field in East Carolina. Kirk Kraft is our guest live in the studio. His uh, team came back from the Carolina Challenge after a good weekend. He's got three three more in his uh, indoor portion of his schedule. Then, of course, he goes to the outdoor. Let's talk about some of the guys uh, real quick. We don't want to leave those guys out, but yep. uh, uh, give us some of the names there. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we do in our program also, and this is uh, not by default, it's by plan, is we like uh, we're a North Carolina school. We're a UNC system school, and so when we can, we like to keep North Carolina kids at home. And right. We like to keep North Carolina kids in North Carolina on our roster. So you know, one of the kids that you know right up right down the road, Kinston, Lenore County. Yep. Um, Lenore County, Pitt County line. A guy by the name of Nigel Wilkins, uh, Kinston High School. Uh, from from Kinston, North Carolina, is a triple jumper. He's one of the best triple jumpers in our league. He's done a great job. I think he was fourth um, at the outdoor uh, conference championships last year, and I think he's finished as high as third in the indoor triple jump. But we believe that he can um, contend for the title in the conference, and we also believe that he could possibly be a qualifier uh, for the NCAA indoor championships. And he's from Kinston. Royal Burris. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Harding University High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. But, uh. Um, Another great name, Royal. I like that. Royal. Yeah. You got a summer night and a Royal Burris. Yeah. You know? There you go. So, uh, Royal Burris is a sprinter. He runs the 60, the 100, the 200. Um, one of the best sprinters in the conference. And he does a great job of running our four by one. Um, and, and, and probably the leader of the, of the sprint group. Another kid. Uh, that's in our team that we're really proud of is right up the road here from Nashville, North Carolina. Hmm. Northern Nash, a uh, kid by the name of uh, Terrence Booth. Um, so he's another um, local kid right here in town. Uh, Coleman Farrell from D.H. Conley High School right. uh, from, from Winterville. He's he's one of our sprinters uh, right here in town. So, you know, I can go on and on. Um, we got a guy by the name of Matt Russell from uh, Cary, North Carolina, from Cary High School. Another one that uh, comes out and sticks in my mind is a guy by the name of Blake Matthews, North Buncombe High School in, in Weaverville, North Carolina, fifth-year uh, senior for us. Uh, Nate Williams, Greensboro, Northern Guilford. So I can go on and on about the guys, um, and, and likewise with the women, but um, I just believe that our rosters uh, should have a good representation and a good sampling of, of, of North Carolina kids, especially if they can help you. Does the cross-country group branch out and have their own schedule at times? Do they do, you know, like like the American have the cross-country meet just for cross-country? Bingo. Yeah, That's yeah. in the fall. You yeah. know, so our fall sports in the fall are, you know, women's soccer with Jason. We have, uh, you know, men's and women's cross country. Um, and then obviously we have football and volleyball. Those are our fall sports. So okay. in the fall of the year, um, we have, that's one of our six championships. So you have a championship, men and women, for cross country in the fall. Right. And then okay. an indoor championship for men and women and an outdoor championship. So cross country, that runner, Brian, um, again, great point. He's running that, a lot. A lot. Absolutely. Yeah. They start in that's August and they end. In May, so that kid never gets a break. Yeah. They're running cross country for the team. They're running indoor track and field for the team, and they're running outdoor track and field. So um, that's a lot. And you know, you know, if you use a sport like, for example, um, just soccer, when the season ends, um, no disrespect, the, the soccer season's over. Now they're still lifting, they're still oh, doing right, prep, right. but you know, the season ends with that distance runner. 
he is doing, she is doing nine months of training and competing. Wow. So you have to be smart, calculated about you know when they need to rest, when they need to pull back. All of that stuff comes into play, and that's fascinating when you think about it. Because you know, and, and as you said, all the sports work year round. I mean, football, basketball—they're all working baseball all the time. But when you have you know when you're competing. Yeah, almost a year round. That's tough. You got it. So the difference between you know the competing part of what we're talking about, the cross country competing, the indoor competing, and the outdoor competing. Let's use Kevin. I know we've given him a lot of shout outs. Yeah. Kevin, in the fall they have. Kevin, a, you got to pay for all this. Yeah, Kevin, they've, <laughs> they've got a golf season. Right. Um, in the spring, that's their competitive championship season. Right. But Kevin also plays four matches or five, um, in five golf tournaments throughout the fall. Right. Getting ready for the spring. So, but that doesn't, um, it goes with this RPI, and I think it counts with the RPI. But they're preparing. They couldn't just do nothing. So, right. other than And some of softball, I think, has a fall season. Baseball plays some exhibition games. You got it. Things. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. So, everybody's working like that. But that's a that's a rarity uh, indeed. All right. You've got the uh, Bill Carson Invitational coming up in April. We're going to hold on to that thought. We're going to take our final commercial break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to wrap things up with Coach Kraft. The hour flew by. So, stay tuned for more after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back to our show as we wrap things up with Kirk Kraft, track and field coach at East Carolina. We were talking about the NFL playoffs during the break, and uh, and you were saying that you were listening to somebody this morning that came down to the coin flip, and basically, you know, it, when you guys flip a coin somewhere, do you ever call heads or tails specifically, or do you kind of just go with the flow? Because I always call heads back in the day when I was coaching the girls softball and that kind of I, think, I always called heads. I think I can answer that, Brian. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a superstitious guy. When First of all, I never walk by a penny. When I see a penny in the parking lot, I pick it up. It's got to be reason, heads for me to pick it up. I, pick tails, it up I don't with, pick it up. Well, I pick it up whether it's heads or tails. Yeah, I'm scared okay. of that. But if it is, <laughs> but, but it, but if it is heads, um, you know, it's more the merrier. So I'm in, right. I'm a, I, I, I will call heads. heads. Um, I, yeah. But how do you coach... What do you do? Watch film on coin flips? No. I mean, what do you have to strategize the coin? And, How and, in the world do you Clip, do that? Clip Brock may know the answer to this, but didn't they say that he was he was nine and zero on coin flips? The guy that lost the flip. Oh my! Did you goodness. hear that? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I think I heard that. That that made you know. Don't quote me on that, but in all the analysts afterwards, I think somebody said that the guy had lost one because the the saying goes, oh. "Tails never fails," right? That yeah. is the saying. Although uh, I remember Santana Moss won an overtime coin flip one time, and he said, "You always bet with your head." So take heads. Yeah. So I don't know. Huh. To each their own, I guess. But it shouldn't come down to a coin flip, as we were saying. I mean, they, both teams should have a chance, and I think the NFL's got to revisit that because they're going to get a, another you know, a wave of, of protest about you know one because that was such a great game, two amazing offenses, two amazing quarterbacks that put on such a great show, and you hate to see it end. But I mean, I guess it had to at some. You know, point. when I watch Patrick Mahomes, I sound like uh, Tony Romo here, an analyst. But when I watch Patrick. Mahomes, you know, he defies, I think that would be the word, um, all the, his mechanics, right. the way he throws it. I mean, it's like a magician it, it, out there. Well, it, it underhand, yeah. sidearm. I mean, it's almost like a submarine, yeah. you know, passing baseball. So, you know, it, the, the, the mechanical correct way you know to throw the football is kind of out the door when it comes to him. Yeah, well, there were some great games. But as long as you're making the completion, yeah. you need a point B. It doesn't matter how you <laughs> get it there. What it matters. All right, coach, talk about your schedule coming up. You guys just got back from Columbia, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, when do you head out again? We go back to Columbia again this weekend. I saw that. We have a four meet schedule before we go to the conference meet. So we go back to USC. 
And we like going there for a couple of reasons. Number one, Coach Curtis Fry is a personal friend of mine. He used to coach back in the day, way a long time ago, with Bill Carson here. But they've got a nice indoor facility. And the second reason is I'd sooner go south than north in the wintertime. Right. On 95, you've got better chances getting down 95 to Columbia than you do to Blacksburg. Right. So, um, so we got the Columbia meet this weekend again, and then we go to Virginia Beach twice. They've got a brand new facility um, in Virginia Beach. It's called the Virginia Beach Sports Complex, okay. which is beautiful. Right. And then we go on to Birmingham. So you got Virginia Beach a couple of times. That's like a two, two-and-a-half-hour trip. That's an easy trip Abs- for you exactly. guys. Exactly, yeah. and that's another reason why we do that. It's right in our back door. Yeah. I mean, you go up 11 and turns into 13, and you're at 64. So, All right, for the for the Bill Carson Invitational, the, the, the facilities that you have at your disposal, is do you need anything? Or do you have everything? You know, um, I never look a gift horse in the mouth. That's number one. But, yeah, could we use? Do we need? You know, it would be nice to... You know, hopefully maybe get some bleachers on that facility someday, and hopefully that's in the planning. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, lights would be nice in the, in the, in the, in the future, you know, in the plan. Um, you know, a scoreboard. I mean, sure. We, as a coach, you're never gonna, right. you're never gonna turn anything down. But, you know, the facility is nice, and we're appreciative of that. And it's, uh, 2011 was when that thing was built. So here we are, you know, going up on 11 years. That's hard to believe. So 11 years with that facility, but uh, nice track. Um, you know, it's uh, located in a nice area along Charles Boulevard. Really you is. Know, it's yeah. kind of the the picture, you know, picturesque type um, view when you you know looking to the right or the left, depending on what direction right. you're going on Charles Boulevard. But um, yeah, th- those would probably be some some needs down the road. So you guys are busy going on February, March, April, May, all the way up yep. until yep. you know you get into May with the American yep. Athletic Conference Outdoor Championships in Houston. That's got to be an advantage for Houston because they're going to be the favorites anyway. Well, absolutely. They, uh, they, I don't know what we could go on for days. Houston, since they withdrew from the league, okay, they dis, they they disqualify them. Oh, that's good. Um, from from hosting the tournament, no different than the softball. We host the AAC softball right. tournament here at home at our place. Yep. We were supposed to go. I forget. Where, I think we were supposed to go to UCF. So when you leave the league, like they did, right. um, in the bylaws, they can take that away from you. So. Uh, Wichita's hosting okay. outdoor track. All right, so yep. Wichita hosts host that. Yep, that'd be, exactly. That'd be good for the league and good for everybody yep. involved with that. So, what are your expectations for this team this year? I mean, do you do you do you put it do you put something in your head like you know I think we can finish third overall, then we can finish second overall, and we can. You know. Well, Brian, I told you about I don't know. I guess it was about twenty minutes ago on the show that this conference is very very competitive. I don't care what sports you're talking about. You know, in the in 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 in, um, in our league, whether it's fact, football, basketball, baseball. You know, obviously you always want to win, and um, you want to win championships. That's always the goal. That's always the expectation. Um, so, you know, in our sport, and the, the women, we'd always like to, you know, hopefully think we could stay in the top half. But we also, um, in the back of my mind, would like to think maybe there's a chance, you know, of, of winning it. Um, you know, but you got to really be on that day. And on the men's side, a um, little bit different strategy, a little bit different philosophy. But, um, you know, we expect both um, to do very well um, at the end of the day. And, you got to let the chips fall where they fall. All right, your meet at home is April the 1st, that Friday, yep. for the Bill Carson Invitational. Does that go Friday and Saturday or just Friday? Yep, Friday and Saturday. And, and what teams do you have coming in? Um, you know, last year, because of COVID, we were only able to bring one team in, and we brought in our neighbor, UNCW. Right. So it was uh, the friendly neighbor thing. Uh, but this year, we've got UNCW coming. We've got the Citadel coming. We've got Winthrop coming. Um, we're going to do the neighborly thing, invite Mount Olive over um, with relationships. So um, it's going to be a five- or six-way meet. And, and people can come out and watch that, right? Yep, can, absolutely. Anybody can come yep. out. and yep. We don't have no bleachers, but you can kind of you know, around the field. That's the beauty of that track. There's yeah. a sidewalk that runs 400 meters.
chairs around right. the little perimeter. You can bring lawn chairs. You can sit up in that bank, up in that uh, that berm down there by the shed. So, um, yeah. Hopefully the weather will be nice then. Yeah. It's always dicey, that kind of time. Always of dicey. It's always dicey, but that'll be a good time. April the 1st, the Bill Carson Invitational, named after uh, Bill Carson, a former East Carolina uh, track coach. And uh, I know that means a lot to have his name on it. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, um, the credit goes to Terry Holland for that. Back in, um, I think Coach Carson passed away in, in 2012. Don't quote me on that. But um, Terry Holland had come to me and said that, you know, hey, we need to you know do something here. Yeah. And um, that's when we put his name on um on that meet. Yeah, very nice gesture for sure. Coach, thanks so much for the visit. Certainly enjoyed it. I told you it'd fly by. I think it did. Boy, fly was an understatement. <laughs> there you Man, go. I feel like we've been sitting here for 15 minutes. That's how it rolls when you're on live radio. We the biggest thing I learned is your three iron ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that for sure. All right, Coach, thanks so much for the visit. That's our show. We'll see you back here next week on the Brian Bailey Show. Have a great sports week, everybody. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and The Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.